Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute seventy-six in which Claudette speaks truth. Well, her version of the truth. Well, <laughs> Tommy Wiseau's version of the truth. <laughs> of what he thinks women are like. Yeah, because.、Uh, Her her big it's fairly famous line if you know the movie. Well, it's true. All men are assholes. Men and women use and abuse each other all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. Marriage has nothing to do with love. This is her her advice for Lisa. Oh hey everyone, I'm back. Oh hey yo. Hi. Hi guys. We're almost to the party. Or we're at the party. No, we're not. Where are we? Right, we're almost at the party. <laughs> almost at the party. Right. This is. It's. It's still getting to me because these scenes are out of order. This scene should actually be before Michelle and Mark come over a few minutes ago. Right. And the editing is got it wrong, and so I keep thinking it's that same morning. Yeah. Right now, we're getting some important life advice. Yeah. Which is that marriage is for money and affairs are for love. Yeah, I will never find that statement unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all would have worked out okay if Lisa had just made sure Johnny didn't know about the affair until after the wedding. Yeah, no prenup. Because then her advice would pay off.、Yeah. Lisa would be fine. She'd be set for life because all Johnny's banker money. She gets half. And then she could hook up with Mark. Well, she'd get all of it if he's dead. Oh, did Johnny change his will before he died? I guess that's for a later minute. Actually, yes,、yeah, she might already get it. I don't know. They've been together for five or seven years, so yeah, he may have already put her in his will. He's a very serious guy. He probably has one. Well, as of right now, it doesn't seem like Johnny even has any family. Right. So he may just give it to the one person he has a connection with. Hmm. Or he's going to donate it to a little bit to everyone in the building, all of his friends. Like Denny, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's got to leave some to Denny. It's going to be stipulated in there that he'll pay for Denny's college forever. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark's sitting around in his car, money. I don't know what he needs. So this this minute's just a little bit weird for me, just because of how how much better of an actress Claudette actually is. Because、mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it really seems to showcase this. Like she's really doing a pretty good job with horrible lines. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she gets no response, <laughs> like on the other side. <laughs> That's not horrible in this scene. No, but she's she's just not at the same level. True, true. Like you, obviously, the actress who played Cla- Claudette has experience, and she's really pushing out this this view that I don't know. Maybe she doesn't share like in real life, but she's putting a lot of energy into it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you go to that line where like she's like, I, I haven't wrapped, wrapped around my, my little finger. finger. It's just like.、Uh... Doesn't seem to go too well because it's、no. it almost feels like they're it's a different tone. Yes, and it feels like they were two separate conversations,、mm-hmm. and then they were just spliced together. Yeah, like it could have been a whole scene where Claudette is talking to her, and then they just go like, "Okay, Lisa, now say these lines." Well, in a way, that's what it is. I mean, this is all like how the script—it's a script problem more than a performance problem. Yeah, because Lisa's going back and forth between like 
have him wrap around my little finger and but, but I, I don't, don't love, love him. him. How else is she gonna play that? Yeah. Claudette has one message she's going for, so it might be also a little easier for Carolyn Minot. But Lisa's kinda all over the place as well, and this is like something that drives her character is she's explaining how she manipulates Johnny and she seems to enjoy that, but then she doesn't love him, so she doesn't want to marry him. Right. Uh-huh. So it's like, so what is the motivation to this character? Where it's like the prior, th- like, I guess it may be a couple, quote unquote, days ago in this film. It, it seems like she really genuinely is supposed to care about Johnny at the same time as Mark. Yeah. So it's just a weird, weird shift in the character where all of a sudden she's very conniving. Well, yeah, but it seems like just to write the script to the way the ending is supposed to be. He just makes this turn. I've talked about a lot where we asked Tommy who hurt you, Tommy. (laughs) And we know someone did. We don't know. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like through the perspective of being a relationship, it's like as if he's very oblivious to the fact that someone he's with isn't, happy and then when that person finally turns and says like i've had enough and kind of should be detailing everything that they have problems with this feels like that moment except he shuts off on all the reasons why she has a problem yeah and then he just like put it there like oh for no reason she just doesn't like me anymore yeah it it takes a few scenes for her to do it but yeah it's like he's trying to explain a process he's only imagining yes of why it would come to this and he just uh it's it's very one way on that relationship that fell apart and we aren't getting the story of both sides. Right. So no, we're, we're getting his. And of course he imagines a mother who is telling her outright, you know, don't do any of this for love. Cause that that's like his, what he imagines must be the case or what he hopes is the case now. So he doesn't have to go through that again, marry him. But now it seems like she's conflicted with marrying him and not loving him. Right. So it's kind of like, do you want to marry him without love or do you want to not marry him? It's kind of just like a blunt statement. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The way this is this, this story goes with uh, how Lisa is, yeah. it feels like when you go to a bar to meet up with your friend that got broken up with and he's already smashed and he's trying to, and then she, she just like changed on me and I don't know why I'm pretty sure she said something, but it didn't matter. Like, you know, it's, it's very discombobulated. It only has like very little facts that you actually need to find out what the hell is going on, but you're never going to get the full story. Yeah. Cause it's just a bunch of broken pieces of the story. Yes. So it feels like that's kind of his perspective and understanding of a one-sided relationship. And he conveyed it as this is women. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And then Claudette is sort of, especially because Carolyn Minot is doing a good job playing her. She's like the authority figure telling us this. Men and women use and abuse each other all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't throw your life away just because you don't love him. That's ridiculous. You need to grow up. As if growing up means you can do all of this stuff not for love, which clearly isn't what Tommy thinks or definitely what Johnny thinks. But it's like this message he's putting on the women in the movie. Yeah. But it it's kind of like this weird representation of how women are supposed to be when they're engaged. Like you only say yes to an engagement if you plan on going through and you're absolutely set blah 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 yeah it's like as if nobody's supposed to have a counter opinion about getting into the marriage you know it's like the minute you put that ring on you're supposed to fall into this ideal of what a marriage is yeah and it's weird that it doesn't go through but it's like that's 
it just feels like Tommy isn't very well-versed in a lot of relationships. He's only reflecting on the big one. Yeah. Maybe he's been in like little monthly relationships that obviously went to nothing, but he probably went on this long relationship with someone, thought he was going to get married, and then it turns out it wasn't going to happen. And it's like, well, this is all women because this is the most meaningful relationship I had. So why didn't they think it was meaningful? Right. And so he's defining every other relationship based on the one. Yes. The only reason why we can kind of convey with that theory is just because he has no real representation of other women being good (laughs) in this film. No, I mean, at best, you have a little bit with Michelle, but what we have is Claudette is teaching Lisa to be this way. And in the scene that happened a few minutes ago, but should actually happen after this, Lisa is suggesting Michelle should be this way. So it's just like one, not even generations, but one woman passes it to another, to another, to another, and they're all horrible eventually. Yes. And that's the idea he's conveying. And yeah, we don't get a good example. Yeah. It's like, a, how could you not be happy? I put a ring on your finger type thing. Yeah. And he bought her flowers and a dress. Yeah. Does everything yeah. for his princess. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe it's a, maybe it's your mom that turned you against me. Yeah. Which this one comes out of nowhere as well, because how could Claudette have influenced Lisa to sleep with Mark? True. Yeah. Because she didn't. I mean, she's not supporting that part of it. Yeah. So this is just like, it's a weird flex on how Lisa is the one that poisoned the relationship, so to speak. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it was like that type of relationship where the, the girl goes, and my mom said this about you. And he's like, oh, then it's a mom that influences all of you to become like this. And you pass it down to your kids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know. And this is essentially the, these, these three scenes, which would be her talking to Claudette, her and Mark making out one last time and then or well before the party and then talking to michelle is like this three scene turnaround where at this point lisa is not the good is not good anymore no before we could be like no she's fine and she's trying to get out of a relationship that doesn't work for her but now it's it's harder to see it that way because everything she's doing is deliberate yeah once we go to the party because even like at uh second 51 in this minute like after claudette boops her on the nose yeah like it's like she gives her this like mean look for her advice and oh yeah everything well the end of i think it's three different scenes with her mother and with her looking off kind of angry like she doesn't want advice from her mother yeah yet she seems to be living by advice from her mother Mm -hmm. so i don't know what i do like in this scene is we're on the third director of photography at this point they're still (laughs) working with two cameras but somehow he gets really nice close-ups on both of them for this scene yes it's like he just started ignoring one of the cameras and just work with the other one. Mm-hmm. And so it looks nice. You don't get the audience screaming focus in this minute at all. It's nice stuff. And the end of this uh, minute, Lisa tells her, Okay, okay mom, mom, I'll, I'll see, see you at, at the party. party. I, just I just need, need to, to be, be alone, alone right, right now. now. Mm. Which, proper continuity, she's not going to be alone right now. Yeah. Mark's coming over and bringing her some bread, and they're going to make out, and then Michelle's coming over and bringing some chips and pretzels and whatnot and they're gonna have a conversation so she doesn't get to be alone no but the editing makes it so that at this point oh i guess she had the rest of the time alone which is i guess it's fine i hadn't noticed until now so i guess it's fine (laughs) and at the end of the minute we cut to the port of san francisco johnny is i guess just getting off work his last day at the office from where i don't know he works in a bank they live on the other side of town. Yeah, but there's... And he's walking. There could be an office near there. I don't know why he'd be coming from that side. Yeah, because like, when when you're coming in from that port, there's generally a ton of restaurants and whatnot. 
Well, right, and that street by the Port of San Francisco building is the last street before the water, so okay, he doesn't yeah. work on the other side of that. No. I don't know. We d- we don't know where he works. Yeah. In this fictional San Francisco, we don't even really know where this is. Yeah. It's only in real San Francisco we know this stuff, and we'll get more of that next minute because we get a little more footage of him walking. Doesn't he have a car? Yes, he has a car, and we've seen him take the trolley to and from work. Yeah. He, but we're going to get 25 seconds of walking. Yeah. Good times. His mode of transportation is just about as weird as the transitions in his film. Yeah. Because he gets around with everything and it makes no sense that you would not have a committed sense of like how you get from one place to another, especially when you commute to work. Right. If we had some impression that he worked like he was an independent contractor of some sort, and he worked all over the place, then it would make sense. He's going to different parts of town. We know he works in a bank. Yeah. And he's not that high up because he needed a promotion. So he's not the guy that gets to do what he wants. He's stuck in some sort of desk somewhere there. Yeah. And I don't know where he thinks that dressing like that is professional. Especially if you're the lower. <laughs> well, wearing a suit is. But you think you think Tommy Wiseau would have owned a suit that fit. Yes. And you would have hair at least not like that. Yeah. Maybe oh, no, tied he, up he a loves, bit. He, I think he loves his hair. Yeah, I know. And he's kept his hair that way since. So, uh, but yeah, it's not. It should be at least be in like a ponytail or something. Yeah. Although we don't see him at work, maybe he puts it up when he gets there. Yeah, he puts it in a nice little man bun or something. <laughs> yeah, because um, I don't know. I just it it just doesn't fit right. That suit like never fits right on. No, no. That's because the suit was a uh, part of the. It wasn't. This isn't his suit. This was a uh, like wardrobe for the film suit. Which they didn't do any proper like fittings. Yeah, they just bought stuff because it feels like uh this suit is maybe like at least two sizes too big for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the shoulders are too broad and the sleeves are way too long. You would yeah. think that he'd want to look good, but the thing is, is what is his definition of good? Right. Like maybe he likes a baggy suit. Yeah, I'm not sure why. By the time he lived in New Orleans, you know, zoot suits weren't a thing anymore. And then he was in San Francisco. I don't know when he would have. Why you would like a loose suit. But, notes from a midnight screening. Notes from a midnight screening. We only have three. A couple that are really good. One that's just rude. And I'm glad the whole audience doesn't get in on this. So when Lisa says, I have him wrapped around my little finger, someone yelled out, it's not that little. <laughs> mean. <laughs> so mean. Claudette touches Lisa's nose again. Everyone screams, cancer! <laughs> You know, that's how you get cancer. Uh huh. And in the shot of Lisa after her mother leaves, one more time we get Dear Diary, my mom's a bitch. Because <laughs> you get that lingering shot of her looking upset. <sighs> okay, Johan, where can the listeners hear more from you? You guys can find me on the ID for a minute. It's a minute by minute podcast about the Independence Day. Uh, I go over that with Matthew and Alex one minute at a time. So it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!